Newsweek presents The Debate with Andrew Tolman. Everything 100% of the time, 24 hours a day is a negotiation. Ellis Hennigan. None of us have fallen for the notion that this is conservative. Amani wells on Yoha. I'm completely fed up with whether it's politicized or not. And Jeff Charles. That distracts us from actually rolling up our sleeves. The Debate starts now. So, as we know, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis has been wreaking havoc on the state of Florida. (laughs) He is blocking the gay children. He's blocking the blacks, the Latinos. He's really just got his claws out going every which way to attack the woke mob and and have them shaking in their britches. Um, The latest development out of this story is Disney decided to cancel their one billion dollar business venture in the state of Florida that was planning to bring lots of job opportunities, um, lots of new opportunities for Floridians to get paid, have money, have more travel coming to the state, et cetera. How are we feeling about it? I'm no friend of the corporations and I ain't got no love for Disney corporate, but <laughs> what Disney represents family, love, inclusion, all of that is definitely the antithesis of what Ron DeSantis has been doing. So what do you think, Jeff? Yeah. So this is a very special case, especially because I come from a kind of a different angle on it for somebody who I guess is on the right. My thing is, he very clearly used the government to punish a corporation for engaging in speech that he didn't like. Mm-hmm. There are some on the right who will be honest about that, and there are some who won't. I mm-hmm. and, and my thing is that I don't necessarily disagree with what he did, because I don't think that the government should be picking winners and losers and corporate welfare and all that. My issue is with why he did it. And what's mm-hmm. also very interesting is that DeSantis and Disney were pretty cozy. I mean, D- Disney has given DeSantis over $100,000 in campaign contributions, the most recent of which happened in 2021 to help him with his 2022 campaign. But once they spoke out against the Parental Rights and Education Act, mm-hmm. then he decided to punish them. I don't care if you're a conservative, libertarian, anarchist, or whatever, that should not be okay. You don't use the government to punish an individual or an entity for speech. And to me, it's kind of terrifying because people on the right wouldn't like it if a Democratic governor did that to my pillow or, or another company. Absolutely. And that kind of leads me to my next question is how far is this whole anti-woke thing going to go? Because I feel like just for his own political career and his own aspirations, it's starting to hurt him, in my opinion, more than help him. He started to turn against people who voted for him. He got Miami-Dade County, a very minority heavy um, precinct and district to support him. So turning his targets against them and starting to vilify people who have supported him, including corporations who have given him money, including a real estate entities who he um, takes money from, who he's now getting rid of their labor source by being heavier on the migrants. I just kind of don't see the end goal here. What do you think, Andrew? All right. So uh, as a Florida resident, as a Ron DeSantis supporter, uh, I have a lot to say about the subject. Monty, cherish you dearly. Totally <laughs> disagree with your characterization of the state of Florida and what's going on here that you started with. But that's OK. I mean, that's we have different opinions. One thing I would say is I think, generally speaking, Florida gets really misunderstood and misrepresented in coverage by national news media, even locally. I mean, it's it's almost amazing. I read the bills and then I read the coverage and I think, well, they clearly didn't read the bills. Um, So on the issues of, you know, the Parental Rights Act or on the issues of transgender or on the issues of uh, picket okay, across the board, whatever it is, whether it's election reforms or anything else or anti-rioting, all the things that sort of send the left into a tizzy, they seem to always get their facts wrong in their attacks on the bill. So that as background, 
The second thing is when you talk about, you know, the anti-woke war, I think that's how you have to understand this is that from Ron DeSantis's point of view, having a company like Disney, which is a company like Adidas, which is a company like uh, Microsoft, which is a company like any other big, heavy company. He hates the idea that these companies are using their power to advance a cultural and ideological agenda that he thinks is harming America, uh, contrary to the values of this country. And he's sick of it and he doesn't want to have Disney in this particular example, pushing an agenda that he actively believes is undermining the strength of the country. That's two. And there's three. Jeff's 100 percent right. Um, this was petty and silly and ridiculous and can't be justified. It was absolutely and a response against a company engaging in political speech that he didn't like all of the cover for that, that gets offered. I have dear friends in the legislature who uh, advocated for this reform and got rid of the Reedy Creek act and all. And there's a couple of other cases where it was also gotten rid of. It looks like what it is. Disney was against the bill and he decided to take away the special legislative treatment that they had been given decades ago. That was, I think, arguably one of the important factors in their great success. Disney's been a great company for the state of Florida. And so, yeah, it was petty political payback or significant political payback. But it was most definitely a response to an exercise of political speech. Even if I think companies shouldn't be involved in advocacy like this, even if I think they shouldn't have special treatment like this. You don't do it for this reason in this case, because it looks like exactly what it is. One of the rare times where national media has gotten the story basically right. And yeah, DeSantis is wrong. And I think that kind of takes us to a bigger point that I would like to get to. And you hit the nail on the head with the word petty. Politics is getting pettier and pettier each day. And we're getting further (laughs) and further away from the issues that matter and that affect the lives of everyday Americans in tangible ways. What do you think, Ellis? Boy, that is definitely true. Uh, First of all, I'm not going to pin Andrew down on I have dear friends in the Florida legislature. My God, I've watched the Florida legislature. I'm not sure I'd want to I'd want to claim any of those people as my bosom buddies. Andrew, they are. Um, okay. they are. I just haven't noticed their charms lately, I suppose, as they have done all of the things you mentioned. But by the way, the six week abortion ban, that one's pretty easy to understand. Right. We're not too equivocal on on that one while we've gone around and beaten up on on trans kids and tried to rewrite the history of America. So it doesn't include any of the parts that we don't like. I mean, this is the the law in Florida requires that people get taught black history. So it it does. Yeah, I read the Stop Woke Act and I have issues with the Stop Woke Act, but it does. It requires a teaching of black history. One of my friends is a teacher in Florida. She teaches African-American history. So that's not being a race. Now, I will say that some districts are taking that too far, which is what I was afraid of when they first passed that bill. But you had that school district that's going after Ruby Bridges, a movie about her, MLK, Rosa Parks. I mean, there are people who are going overboard with it. But to say that black history and Hispanic history is being erased, it's a lie. It's a lot. Well, it is. It is certainly true that the governor is trying to control how that history is taught in ways that eliminate some very important figures and, and, and people. And I think the governor's office in the legislature should not be determining the curriculum in, in, in local schools. We're much better off if we leave that to the teachers and we let the government worry about things like like budgets and road road paving and, and, and criminal criminal justice issues. It's just it is taking us down a bad path. I'm, I'm very glad, by the way, that, that in this group, none of us have fallen for the notion that this is conservative. There's clearly a, an audience for anti-woke stuff. But mm. I got to tell you, the people who are embracing it are, 
I'm, I mean, I'm not saying they're as bad as Andrew's friends in the legislature, but but it, but it's not the best and the brightest of America that's rallying around this issue. And that's a good point. I don't like the way that the narrative is just nationally about woke, because first of all, define woke. What does woke even mean? Like, I feel like we're just using it as a shield to do a plethora of random things. And again, that's the meat of the issue. And I feel like this is just a bigger thing with the parties in general. They want us to be so focused on minute, nonsensical things, which again, they are, it becomes big things. It becomes big things. But at the same time, the everyday Americans, our lives aren't improving. Like, when are we going to get health care? We still don't got a plan for health care. Like, who's going to start funding the public schools again? Like, there's so many issues that I feel like we don't address on a day to day basis. And we're starting to lose our civil liberties every single day. I mean, we're just being attacked in different ways. And I feel like the country, no matter what your ideology is, your initial goal should be to progress the people of this country in some way, shape or form to make their lives materially better. And we may have two different ways on how we think um, better is or how better should be, but better it should be the goal. And I feel like we're to a point in time where better is not the goal. Well, I think it goes back to the, the question that you asked earlier, though, Amani, like how mm-hmm. much can they ride this anti-woke train? Yeah. And unfortunately, I think the answer is pretty far. The wheels are not going to fall off that train anytime soon. If you brand yourself as anti-woke on the right, that grants you a lot of currency, even though I may agree with a lot of what what they're talking about being anti-woke. I mean, so that some of this stuff really is problematic. At the same time, like you said, what is woke? Well, woke is anything I don't like. So, I mean, that's That's an honest answer. Yeah. I'll give you a good example if if I can. There are people out in America and and they're part of the constituency that, that we're talking about who are deeply agitated about Tony Morrison books in public libraries and a biography of Roberto Clemente and stuff that to most sane people seems seems uh, like like an extreme dumb view, frankly. And yet and yet the real issue we have is, my God, how do we get kids to go to a library? How do we get kids to read anything? I mean, the notion that that's not a bigger problem than should they find in a public library some some book that had a disturbing value. And my God, they can go on you porn and find that 24 hours a day if they want to do that a whole lot easier than getting a library card. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because uh, like the original Parental Rights Act that went in last year uh, was a ban on, you know, materials, instructional materials oriented around gender identity, sexual orientation and that kind of stuff. Grades K through three. And what a lot of us and the critics said at the time was, and I favored that bill, quite frankly. And, you know, what we said is, okay, K through three, I mean, you can't dispute this. Okay. We shouldn't be teaching second graders about this kind of stuff. And it wasn't that you can't ask your teacher a question. And it wasn't that the teacher can't have a picture of their, you know, same sex partner on the desk. It was that you can't create instructional materials around these topics. And I think everybody, at least on our side said, that makes sense, but let's keep it K through three. That's a sensible. And all of a sudden this year, the next year it's K through eight. (laughs) which is kind of what we all suspected might happen. Not DeSantis's argument on this is, do you really need it in the seventh grade either? Do you really need it in the sixth grade either? And there's some merit to that. But my thought is, hey, get that bill passed first time around. Don't make it K through three and nobody can argue and then graduate it up the next time around. Ellis, your point about the uh, the schools and all that push back a little. One of the arguments that DeSantis has made on behalf of, for example, the higher education reforms that just went into law recently I think they're a big experiment. They're a big gamble. 
But at the same time, what he's saying is, look, at least the president of the university, a public university and the board at the public university, they are accountable to the electorate. They are accountable to the people as opposed to letting all of the teachers decide how to run these heavily left leaning institutions for the last 50 years. Should they be able to pick and choose everything or should there be something in there that makes the uh, uh, the hirees and the curriculum accountable to the electorate that puts them in place and the taxpayer dollars that go to them. So I see that side of the argument in terms of educational control. As for the books in the schools, get the kids in the library. That makes me happy. But I have seen some of these books. Some of these books should definitely not be in the schools in under yeah. any circumstances. Yeah. Have you seen the Internet? Yeah, but I'm sure, Ellis, you right. personally are not going to give uh, an eight year old a book that shows graphic depictions of no, sex. Right. They, can, they might be not. able to get on the Internet. You're right. But you're not going to actively give that to them. And that's what's happening no. in some of these libraries. Some I, I understand uh, that some people are going know. over. Books. I that actually that. Is, I've, yeah, I've, that I've seen the books, happened. Ellis. I've seen I, I will that. show them to I you, brother. <laughs> was there a wave? Andrew, and I don't, you know, the Florida education system better than I do. But I mean, was there a wave of, uh, you know, explicit sexual discussions in kids? Garden. I mean, was that a big problem in Florida? It was in some. No, of the, it was no in problem. Some at of all. the books in in some of the other books, it's really quite stupid. I mean, yeah, the number of books that have gotten challenged, and we look at what's in them, and yeah, no, I think that the way different school districts are handling the book question has generally been incompetent. And that's the main problem is all of this is a slippery slope. It's when you start doing certain things and your intentions are not pure from the jump, because like you said, tell the truth and shame the devil. That's something we say here down in the South. Okay, if you want to do something, do it, stand on it and be forward and off front with it. He and a lot of these other people with these bills try to sneak stuff in or they'll try to do something and they'll harp on an issue that is real, like those books existing and being available. And then they'll turn that into something completely else and use it as a funnel to start doing more extreme things. And that's really the main problem. I think that's a fair concern because we've seen some of that happen. Like some of the stuff is reasonable. A lot of it is whether some of the race stuff, I I understand some of the, I I take issue with some of it, but I do see some using that as an excuse to take it even further, which isn't a good thing either. A lot of the accusations of book banning seem kind of ludicrous because it's coming from the same people that wanted to ban To Kill a Mockingbird and Huck Finn, but we shouldn't be banning any of that stuff. But when it comes to sexually inappropriate material for younger kids, yeah, I think most of us can agree on that. Yeah, I think that it's become a more provocative issue. And that's really my ultimate mm-hmm. problem with just the political landscape right now is we're doing things to be provocative. Y'all, y'all don't care that much about it. OK, woke isn't keeping you up at night. You're not having nightmares because of the woke. OK, you're not losing sleep because somebody's day <laughs> in the house three doors down. Like that's not really keeping you up every day, but we're using it as a way to rile people up, to get them excited, to come to these elections and vote for you. And as somebody who, you, as y'all know, I work on campaign. So I see the fallback of that. And it's all mm. of these people who decide to wake up one day and run for office when they have no experience. <laughs> they have no business doing it. The reason that they're running is one tiny little bitty thing and they have no platform. They don't have no plans to legislate. And it's like we're getting people so hyped up on these things. And then they try to come do this job that is being a legislator. That is a huge job and a gigantic responsibility that you have to put a lot of effort, grit and thought into how you're going to improve the lives of these thousands of people that you're representing. And Mm. that's really the problem. We've turned politics into this big thing where everybody thinks that they're actors and actresses. And this is the episode of Friends. This is real life, (laughs) y'all. Or an episode of, you know, All in the Family or something. 
speaking as again in our local area, I can name you at least well, probably more than one uh, one elected official who is exactly what you said. You know, basically got elected on a elect me. I stand for Merca. And, uh, you know, there's just no substance there. There's no thoughtfulness there. Um, you know, it's a hot mess every time a meeting convenes and it's just outrageous. But at the same time, I think, you know, there's a lot of people who are very concerned about what they see as the direction of the culture and the direction of the sort of enforcement mechanisms for the culture. People who think that, you know, boys are boys and girls are girls. And they think that if you want to disagree about that, that's fine. But don't get me fired from my job because I refuse to use somebody's trans pronouns or somebody who says at our school, you know, we want to call boys, boys and girls, girls. And again, don't be trying to fiddle with that without the permission of the parents or even against the will of the parents. And so they see this whole fight, like with the uh, environmental social governance stuff or with the separate classification of gun sellers as a different code on your credit card or with the corporations weighing in uh, with all of their political power on these cultural issues, seemingly so often on the one side, they see that as a place where I'm tired of putting up with this. I'm tired of being afraid to be you know, a conservative, traditional moralist. And I'm glad to see somebody who's fighting for me. DeSantis is fighting for me, and I'm glad for that. That's kind of their view. Yeah, and it's a strongly held view. I would concede that. It's maybe a 10% view. I mean, there are not that many people who are going through life worrying about that stuff. I don't think. In the end, to me, maybe this is the best way I would have to sum it up. In the end, somebody's got to decide. It's true. I mean, we do have to have some kind of rules of the road out there. If you ask me, would I rather have teachers decide the curriculum in schools or would I rather have the members of state legislatures decide that? I think I got to go with the teachers. I'd rather go with the parents. <laughs> you can't, though. Every third so the dumbest, loudest parent in the room decides what everyone else reads. I mean, you can't, it doesn't work. Doesn't but work. That kind of contempt. Oh, well, well maybe, maybe we mean, should abolish public schools. And I'm glad that you agree with me. Let the teachers, you just made an argument for me. The lawyers do the courtroom and the teachers handle the kitties. How about that? Well, we can all agree that there's a big makeover that needs to be done in the system. None of us are exactly pleased with how it's going. There's lots of room for improvement. Will we ever see that improvement? The world may never know. Yeah, good point. you would like to be a part of the debate, email us. The debate at Newsweek.com. After being a staple in American media for over 90 years, Newsweek now brings you an exceptional lineup of podcasts. The debate. They'll recognize how these policies aren't working. They'll feel the pain and they'll change their behavior. The Josh Hammer Show. Restore the principles and the political paradigms of the American founding. The Crystal Knight Show. Just because officers are black doesn't mean that the policing system still isn't inherently racist. Fast women. Chevy's actually doing really well and Honda's really not. Wow. It's like the opposite of most people's perception of them. It is. The parting shot. Every year when the new nominations are announced, I get this excited, nostalgic feeling and it brings out that little kid in me who just loved movies. The Royal Report. Harry and Meghan's head of comms has announced they now move forward to their kind of future outside the royal family. Newsweek Podcasts. New episodes drop weekly. Download or listen now at Newsweek.com or wherever you get your podcasts.